Hey, what's going on? You're on the mic with Mike. Uh, we are talking about the situation that occurred in Toledo, Ohio, in Toledo, Ohio, with the officer involved shooting of Toledo, Ohio police versus uh, Mr. Lamar Richardson. I believe that's his name, Lamar Richardson. Okay. You're on the mic with Mike. And uh, I just want to take a moment to thank you all for listening to this podcast. It it really uh, makes me feel very good. Uh, you know, both personally, professionally, that, you know, you that I have the education and I've been blessed with the education and experience to be able to share with you guys, you know, uh, being a former college professor, you know, I have had students that have had to pay for college. And, you know, um, I just want to offer this education to you guys for free, you know. Um, and so I do want to say this, though, uh, before we get into the lesson, take a moment to uh, go to my Facebook page, Mike Brown. Okay, you'll see the firearms instructor picture, or uh, and you know, and then uh, follow me on Facebook. Okay, I still have yet to create a <laughs> Instagram page or something like that personally, but this is forthcoming. Also, you, uh, I, I'm, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a family rights lawyer and a, a criminal law attorney. And so, you know, I already have my master's degree and my, you know, college education, but you know, law school is extremely expensive. Not something, you know, for the faint at heart, for sure, but not something that, you know, the average person can afford without taking student loans. I don't want to do that. And so I only ask that you donate at least, you know, $10 or whatever you can, you know, uh, to my GoFundMe page. That's GoFundMe.com forward slash Mike, the number two law school altogether. GoFundMe.com forward slash Mike, M-I-K-E, the number two law school, L-A-W-S-C-H-O-O-L. Just go on there, you know, read my story and I'm just pretty blunt with it. Um, and I want you, you know, I would love for you to love for you to donate, you know, with it $1, $5, $10, you know, whatever you find it in your heart to do, uh, or to donate, it will go towards law school. I'll create a webpage that where you'll be able to follow my progress, you know, through the LSAT, uh, which is a law school admissions test. And then, you know, the admissions process where I'm applying to, uh, I'm looking to go to John Marshall, a couple of other places too. And so, you know, um, I'm at, it gets going out of town, but uh, you know, that's just that. So I'm not going to do that. And so I would greatly appreciate that. Now let's get with the lesson. Okay. Thank you for listening. We're looking at Toledo, Ohio, and the shooting of Lamar Richardson by uh, 27-year-old Lamar Richardson by uh, Toledo, Ohio police. Uh, in this given situation, here you have officers that you know had responded prior to this day uh, to multiple. Uh, reports of a person, you know, uh, an armed robbery, multiple armed robberies that occurred where the witnesses gave a description. They identified Mr. Richardson uh, through various means uh, or through whatever means was available. They identified him. And so, you know, you all are able to go on YouTube or go on Facebook and see the video of this chase. But the video begins with a chase of police officers who are tactical or SWAT trained police officers and an unmarked patrol vehicle. And they approach uh, a male black or black male dressed in what appears to be by the video a baseball cap, uh, dark colored skin, uh, a neon green uh, constructor, a uh, construction work like uh, t-shirt, short pants, and he is on a bike. Uh, subsequent to him seeing the police officers, he gets off the bike and then takes off running behind a building. The passenger partner 
of the uh, police vehicle, exits the vehicle and gives chase on foot, uh, chasing after the person later identified as Mr. Richardson. Uh, then the driver uh, continues his pursuit where uh, after going through a few blocks and seeing his partner, you know, the, uh, the video uh, come, or the car comes to a stop where you hear shots are fired. And Mr. Richardson was, I believe, subsequently pronounced uh, deceased on the scene. And so uh, I'm going to preface any comment that I'm about to say regarding this or any situation involving the use of deadly force that uh, the death is tragic. And this is not a celebration of his death, regardless of his activities, but it is just the conversation that talks about, you know, what likely led to that. Okay. We are also going to talk about a United States Supreme Court case, Illinois versus Word Law, Illinois versus Word Law, excuse me, which is codified as 528 U.S. 119. 528 U.S. 119. It's a uh, 2000 Supreme Court case in the year 2000. That's when the holding was rendered by the court, uh, by the Chief Justice Earl, uh, not Earl Warren, but uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist Court. And so uh, the, the the topic of this is, you know, with on the mic on the mic with Mike, you know, um, Lamar Richardson in Illinois versus Wordlow. You know, we'll talk running from the police. Okay, is this something that should be done, and why shouldn't this be done? Uh, when we look at this case, we we look at the situation where you know we we often tend to ask the question: Did, did the police have probable cause to even approach? Mr. Uh, Richardson in this case. And of course, yes, they did. They had multiple descriptions of the uh, person who had committed multiple armed robberies said to have done so with the use of a firearm uh, in these given situations. So here you got police that have a description. This is what they described. And so they see somebody matching this description. He, for no other reason other than their presence, you know, he starts to take off running. So if uh, there was no reasonable uh, suspicion pursuant to the United States Supreme Court case Terry versus Ohio codified as 392 U.S. 1 1968 uh, Terry versus Ohio was a landmark Supreme Court case that, uh, that established the principle of uh, the Terry stop reasonable suspicion and officers reasonable and articulable suspicion that a crime has been or is about to be committed and subsequent to those suspicions that gives police the right or the ability to be able to stop a person and then after that uh, temporary stop uh, conduct a pat down search of that person determine whether or not they have any weapons on or about that person or on about their person that could harm the police officer and so when you when you look at those uh, factors in the Richardson uh, case in Toledo Ohio the running also gave uh, police the reason or the ability to be able to pursue after him uh, pursuant to Terry versus Ohio. So the chase, you know, uh, begins and then it culminates with shots being fired. And so I suggest that running from the police is never something that you should do. All right, continuing on, we're going to continue to talk about this uh, situation in Toledo. Uh, sorry about that brief uh, interruption, but we're going to continue. You know, running from the police is never something that you should do. You should never do that. Uh, when you look at uh, the situations, I want you to understand that running from the police will almost give them reasonable suspicion to believe that you are up to some type of crime. You know, um, uh, when you look at that situation, uh, it did result in his death. And so if you look at the situations regarding so many others who have ran from the police, this is never something you should do. 
You know, uh, I even talk about, talk about the young men who tend to sag their pants when it comes down uh, to them running from the police. You know, you typically, you know, have a natural reaction because of your pants not being tightened fast, you know, tightened so much that you tend to uh, grab your pants and then run. Well, when you grab your pants and then you run from the police, you give them a reason to feel that you have a gun around your waistband because most people carry firearms around their waistband. And even though that may not be the case for these young men that they are, in fact, carrying a gun, it's about the optics and about how it looks, okay? So I, I caution against uh, that. And so, you know, when we look at this given situation, there were other things that took place in this video that could have uh, been prevented more on the part of the person who committed the robbery in, or the armed robbery in that if he would have just stopped and stayed in place, nine times out of 10, the police could have given commands, which in this video, they did not, not that much that I can hear, okay? But in this uh, instance, they could, you know, he could have stopped with his hands up, you know, given commands, and after having been given commands, taken into custody without any further incident. But whenever you run from the police, I want you to understand something. There are several things that your body does under the influence of stress. And under the influence of stress, uh, you know, you'll get what's called, or even a situation where you feel your life is about to be taken. It activates the sympathetic nervous system dump, all the major blood and oxygen run into the major muscles of the body to support a fight or flight response. You know, you operate off of two types of motor skills, your fine motor skills and your gross motor skills. Fine motor skills are those skills that allow you to be able to uh, you know, write or type or play piano, things that require precision, you know, such as using logic to formulate logical arguments and be able to, you know, take in and com uh, comprehend complex concepts, things like that. That's what your fine motor skill in your brain allows you to be able to do this. Of course, if you're in a calm environment that's without provocation or without you believing that you are coming under some kind of physical harm or uh, stress, you know, but if you couple with that or if you add to that those high levels of stress, the adrenaline, the, the, the sympathetic nervous system dump, all the oxygen and, you know, blood rush to the major muscle groups to support, uh, you know, to support a fight or flight response. How is it that you would like for the police to make logical inferences and make logical and rational arguments and take their time when their uh, sympathetic nervous system has just dumped those uh, that oxygen and blood and it becomes about survival now you know uh, I don't know how many of you all listening are in shape but if you're not in shape just go on ahead and try doing a thousand jumping jacks and then tell me you know start saying the ABCs and then start start doing things that require or not just saying the ABCs singing the AB song think about a complex math problem that you know the answer to it think about something that you would like to do writing or texting and watch how your body becomes fidgety you know you'd have to calm down to a, a more calmer space if you will that allows Allows you the ability to be able to think logically okay and if we want our police officers to be able to think logically before the situation happens and while the situation is going on and in place why make it worse why make it worse for uh, them to have to think only for you post use of force incident to state that they should have thought and this is not providing an excuse for those bad police officers. We're never providing an excuse for them. But we are talking about the great percentage of the honorable men and women that are out there doing the job that is a thankless job, doing the job that most people don't even want to do. You couldn't possibly imagine the dangers that law enforcement have to run to all the time, every day. You know, they no one ever calls law enforcement to give them a compliment of what they've done. Sometimes you get that, you know, but that's not a great deal of the calls that law enforcement deal with. You know, we deal with the calls 
calls of the of the of the person who's off their meds who you know made uh, threats. We deal with the calls of the bomb attack. We deal with the, or the bomb threat. We deal with the calls of hysteria. We deal with the calls of domestic violence. We deal with the calls of you know shots fired and you know uh, 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 apathy, if you will, for the common man. You know we we get to the calls of the dangers of life, and that is what the police is supposed to be able to bring some kind of order to. Most of the time, the situations end out well. Some of the times they don't. Some of the times the police overdo it. Some of the times the community overdoes it. You know, and so these are the conversations that we need to have collectively because until we do, there will be no real healing in these United States of America, regardless of who's president. Okay. Uh, I do want to thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast is it is kind of short. And I just want to give you short snippets of you know uh, what you're going to be hearing here. Uh, I am going to be teaching free college courses on this podcast as well as on my Facebook Live. And all that I ask that you do is just donate to my law school campaign. You know, I want you guys to uh, to learn. And I don't feel that you should have to pay a college tuition to be able to learn those things. So just look out for some of the lessons that I have coming up. And you guys stay safe. Once again, this is On the Mic with Mike. And we were talking about the Toledo, Ohio shooting of 25-year-old Lamar Richardson using the case law of Illinois versus Wordlow, 528 U.S. 119, 2000. And talking about, again, the provisions of Terry versus Ohio, 392 U.S. 1. 1968. Don't forget to go visit my website, mikebrownsclass.com. And please, 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 please find it in your heart. Donate to my law school uh, campaign at gofundme.com forward slash Mike to law school. Love you guys. Take care.